Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Lots to talk about with Reggie Giacchini, Washington producer and correspondent with Global News. He's based in Washington. And, uh, man, where do we start? Everything from Rudy Giuliani to what's happening with Turkey in Syria and such. And joining us now is Reggie. Reggie, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Good afternoon. Let's start with uh, Rudy Giuliani. Uh, talk about uh, these two people that uh, that he's involved in, uh, arrested on charges of violating campaign finance laws. Now the feds are looking into uh, Giuliani's financial dealings with these two men, uh, Lev Parnas and Igor Fruman. Uh, they introduced uh, they introduced President Donald Trump's personal lawyer to Ukraine officials who pushed unfounded theories about corrupt uh, corruption involving Vice President Joe Biden and his son. What do we know about these two people? Well, these are two Soviet-born uh, gentlemen who the president says that he doesn't know very well or may have never met, despite the fact that there's photographic evidence of the president standing with these two men. Uh, and we know that they were trying to flee the country uh, through Washington's Dulles Airport yesterday when they were arrested by the feds. Uh, the interesting note about that is that Rudy Giuliani had also told reporters that he was en route uh, to Vienna, Austria yesterday as well, to the exact same city that these two people were going to, but claimed that there was going to be no meetups between them. So there's, uh, there's still unanswered questions questions as to what they were all trying to leave the country for. Uh, but both of them are, are, are uh, facing a number of charges linked to campaign finance violations. Uh, and it, this is what has kind of sparked uh, the FBI and the Southern District of New York to start looking into Rudy Giuliani, uh, now opening up this criminal investigation into him. And you have to remember the SDNY uh, is part of the reason why Michael Cohen is in jail. So this is a, uh, this is a, a ruthless um, uh, 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 legal area through parts of uh, southern New York that's going to go after Rudy Giuliani. The other problem that you have to watch, though, is Rudy Giuliani used to actually lead uh, this uh, federal department in New York, so there is an opportunity for him to possibly have a little bit of in there. So uh, this is one of those stories that, you know, it, it broke in three different directions before one o'clock hit, so it's uh-huh. likely going to continue to break as we go on. How significant is this? Is he of help or hindrance to Donald Trump, being his well, personal lawyer? <laughs> depends on what the situation is. If you put him on TV, it's a smoke and mirror situation because it distracts you from what the president is trying to say. Uh, but you also notice that he appears less and less when the president gets deeper and deeper uh, into some problems. So, uh, you know, uh, it's likely that the president may potentially back away from uh, putting Rudy Giuliani in, in, the, in the face of the public right now. We know he's kind of... Can you, just shut that, can you just shut that switch off, Reggie, though? I mean, uh, well, you know I what? Mean, <laughs> How would he deal with that? I mean, you, you can try to shut it off, but I mean, look, Giuliani's going to talk when he wants to talk. You see the fights that he gets on, that he gets in, especially if he goes on something like CNN, where they're going to push back on him constantly. Uh, you know, this is just this is Rudy Giuliani's shtick. The problem is, is that he's really dug himself into a hole here uh, with the fact that he's now under a criminal investigation for uh, th- these incidents that are linked to uh, the Ukrainian government and the potential uh, that he, the role he played in the ousting of, uh, of uh, the Ukrainian ambassador Yovanovitch and those ties back to Trump. So uh, th- these two are a dangerous combination to be with each other, uh, and we're starting to see what the outcome is when we have somebody like Donald Trump standing with Rudy Giuliani. Uh, What is the significance that these two gentlemen were arrested as they were trying to leave the country? Well, it all has to do with with uh, with trying to solicit money and put it towards uh, a super PAC that was uh, that was standing behind uh, candidate Trump at the time. And you know, we know that there's uh, there's campaign finance violations that are involved if there's any kind of foreign government or foreign nation or somebody from a foreign land trying to put money into uh, a political campaign because it shows that there could be a potential uh, opportunity to influence that campaign from something happening outside of the domestic walls of the country. So that's where a lot of those uh, uh, those issues come from. There was hundreds and thousands and millions of dollars 
that were spent uh, in these political campaigns, which is against the law. And uh, the Federal Election Commission looks at that as uh, gaining a thing of value uh, if, you, if you're trying to sway and influence an, uh, an election. Uh, recently, the UK, uh, Ukraine president, I think it was yesterday, spoke up and said, hey, you know, you guys are making way too much of all this phone call and stuff. There was nothing done and, and appears to be taking Donald Trump's side and backing up his story. Does that hold any weight? What are your thoughts on, on him coming out and speaking at this point? Well, look, he came out and he spoke for hours with, uh, with journalists, which is a complete opposite of what we see President Trump do, except when he's yelling at journalists in front of his helicopter. Uh, but the fact, that we have, uh, the fact that we have the Ukrainian president now trying to say that there was nothing going on, you know, when he was at the United Nations, he said there was no pressure, there was no pushing, you know, I wasn't trying to get involved in any way. And we know that he is doing what he can to try to combat uh, corruption with inside the country, but I think that there's an opportunity for him to curry a little bit of favor uh, with both the president and members of the administration by saying, well, look, maybe, uh, maybe there wasn't any pressure, maybe there wasn't any pushing, maybe he's going to use a language barrier to say that he didn't understand what was going on, but he's standing mm. in, his, in his place by saying, look, the president didn't do anything wrong, and he could potentially simply be doing that because uh, we already know that President Trump at one point tried to hold foreign uh, defense aid uh, from mm. getting into uh, Ukraine's pockets, and you know he potentially could fear that that, that money could be uh, held back once again if he steps out of line with the president. Does the Ukraine president have credibility on this issue if, you know, the guy that apparently everybody accuses you of trying to pressure says, I didn't get any pressure? Where does that leave the story? Well, I mean, look, the story is continuously evolving, and we know that there was a pressure campaign that was put on Ukraine. We can see that because there are criminal charges that are now being laid against Rudy Giuliani, and we also know because former Ukrainian Ambassador Marie Yovanovitch was testifying behind closed doors to Congress today, and in her opening statement, which was obtained by uh, both the New York Times and CNN, she makes it very clear uh, that uh, she was ousted because Rudy Giuliani and these two gentlemen were trying to, uh, you know, simply push these uh, false statements and theories and uh, and unproven uh, conspiracies, you know, linked back to someone like George Soros, uh, and those are the reasons that she's out. So I, I think that there's uh, there's a lot of developments that are going to continue to uh, that are going to continue to play out. I can't let you go here, Reggie, without asking you uh, your thoughts on the fallout from uh, President Trump uh, decision to pull troops uh, out of Syria, thus lead- leaving the Kurds who. Uh, I guess, helped with the the U.S. when it came, came to uh, ISIS and such, uh, thus la- leaving uh, the Kurds exposed to uh, the Turkish military. How is that playing out, and, and how does he get himself out of this one? Well, look, this is, this is one that, that's kind of being looked at from all sides right now. And just within the last couple of minutes, the Treasury Secretary, uh, Steve Mnuchin, holding a, a briefing in, in, the, in the Brady Room at the White House, basically saying that uh, the President Trump and the administration has given uh, basically the entire U.S. government, whether it's Department of Defense, whether it's State, whether it's Treasury, uh, the ability to uh, basically financially ruin uh, Turkey's economy if they you know, continue to go ahead with this offensive in northern Syria. The problem is that President Trump did didn't say, you know, stop doing that when it first happened. He kind of gave a green light before he tried to turn that green light to a yellow light and say, well, maybe you shouldn't do this because he was getting pushback from the Republicans. And I think that we're going to see, uh, you know, 
potential sanctions be put on Turkey if this offensive continues. But inside Syria, you're going to see a completely different, uh, a different perspective because the Kurds, who uh, were vital for the United States when it came to wiping out the so-called Islamic State's caliphate, uh, they played a vital role in that. And if they see that the U.S. is walking away from them and potentially leaving them open to an attack, say, from uh, something like the Assad government or from uh, Iran or possibly having Russia come in to fill a vacuum that the U.S. has, has left open, I think there's going to be some uh, geopolitical turmoil and, and potential negative ramifications for the U.S. going forward. So will he try to walk this back after the carnage? Well, I mean, look, he's already tried to walk it back numerous times by saying, I said that they shouldn't do it, I said they shouldn't do it. But, see, but he, he also said, said that if it. they did do it, he would, cor- he would cripple them economically. So, I mean, I, what, I, you wait a couple of weeks after some people have died, then you put some sanctions in there? Well, I mean, look, the president already said that he wanted to make sure that he could, uh, you know, remove troops from around the world because America shouldn't be the protector of the world. But mm-hmm. at the same time, with the unst- instability that's going on in the Middle East, there was just an announcement that another 1,500 troops are going to be sent out to Saudi Arabia. So, I mean, the president can't get one message right from the other message that he's trying to pull back in the first place. Uh, but when it comes to the situation in Syria, he's had, uh, you know, two and a half years to pull all the troops out. He still didn't do it. He's kind of, yeah. you know, just playing Why a now? risk right now yeah. by moving some of these people around. And he's trying to simply say, look, there's going to be an attack in Syria by the Turkish government. We're going to go after the Turkish government. But at the same time, he's then going to try to uh, play friends with the Turkish government by inviting them to the White House. That seems so bizarre, Reggie, that 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 meeting's still open for him. Well, because, look, at the end of the day, President Trump isn't going to be president for life. And he does have a lot of business opportunities inside Turkey still. There's a couple of Trump towers that were built in Istanbul. So, I mean, he still needs to be on the good side with the government because one day he's not going to be there. Well, that government doesn't exist. So there's an opportunity for him to play president, but then there's an opportunity for him to as well, you know, pull a card out of his back pocket to say, well, don't forget, in a couple of years, it's going to be different. How does the president deal with this and present it, position it as, as a win if there's, in the next week, all kinds of carnage? Well, I mean, look, there's, there's going to be something that, that, that you know, takes uh, a focus away from what's going on in Syria, likely, and it'll be something domestic. The president's either going to, you know, let it play out over the next couple of days and weeks and see what happens. You know, there's reporters on the ground in Syria that are saying that this could be, you know, likened to uh, an ethnic cleansing with what Turkey's doing right now, and that the president basically opened the door and said that that could happen uh, by taking uh, the Kurds and, and forcing them further south into Syria and then removing the Syrian refugees that are in Turkey and putting them in Kurdish territory, which they don't really come from and they don't belong in. So mm. there's going to be a, a, a big fight uh, between the region and the Turks and the Kurds and, and the White House going forward. But look, the president is mired in his own controversies right now, up to and including a, a potential impeachment. So he's, he's got to try and weigh which one is the worst controversy for him to be involved in. Reggie Giacchini with us, Washington producer and correspondent with Global News based in Washington. Make sure you're watching Global News tonight at 5.30 and 6 for more on all of this. Reggie, thanks for the time. Much appreciate it. Anytime. All right, let's bring in Elliot Tepper and continue with the Syrian angle. Uh, er, uh, Elliot is with us, Emeritus Professor of Political Science at Carleton University. Elliot Tepper is with us now. Elliot, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Oh, it's a pleasure to talk to you, Scott. How does the president uh, walk back what's happened in uh, Syria in in regard to the Kurds? Of course, Kurds helping uh, the United States with ISIS and such, uh, pulling America out of Uh, out of the area, leaving the Kurds exposed, Uh, Turkey obviously going in with a military assault. Can you walk this back two or three or four or five days or a week later and then say you're going to apply sanctions? The nature of the understanding between Washington and Ankara, or more particularly between Trump and Erdogan, 
is unknown. Uh, they had a conversation, and Trump hung, hung up and then got on Twitter and shocked everybody, that, that is, including the people around him and uh, apparently defense and intelligence agencies and, and state, uh, with this announcement. So what was agreed and what would be a red line for him to then go ahead and do sanctions is totally unclear. We do not know uh, to what degree there's an agreement, what its parameters are, uh, where does it end, and so all of this is up in the air. Uh, he pulls out suddenly uh, and says that uh, nothing's going to, or just assumes nothing's going to happen, and then backs that up by saying, if something does happen, I'll cripple their economy. Right. Uh, that doesn't sound like language you have with someone who has an open invitation to the White House. Yeah. How, do, how does he square this? How does Well, how do, he doesn't need to square things. Well, <laughs> I guess at the end of the day, though, when your allies are saying, you just hung, uh, yes. you know, I, now I realize these are the best of bad people. Um, but that being said, when a country says they're going to back somebody and then they don't, that doesn't look good on the world stage. Well, no, there's, there's, uh, well, there's a whole range of things. When would he actually walk back what he says is when it starts to cost him politically. So we have seen a shocking switch by Lindsey Graham and other Republican stalwarts, Mitch McConnell, those who have been his backers unconditionally in the Senate in particular. Remember, there's an impeachment hearing going on. If he sees this is going to be a threat, and what we've seen to, to him personally, we also have seen something fascinating, that the evangelical movement has rebelled against him to some degree. Hmm. So there's, there are cracks in his base, as well as in the Republican Senate, that could indeed make him walk back, saying, well, okay, uh, I, I made an agreement and they breached the agreement, so we're going back. But at the moment, even that does not seem to be happening. What I just saw, Scott, was something that I have to say... Uh, shocked me. Uh, we just saw a few minutes ago the American Secretary of Defense go on air and saying, well, the reason we're doing what we're doing is that American troops were going to be caught in between the Kurds and the Turks. We could not put our people in harm's way, mm. so we pulled them out, which is another way of saying the Turks told us to get out of their way, and we said, okay, never mind, yes, we'll do what you tell us. That is a great surprise coming from a great power. Um, so therefore, if the U.S. troops had have remained, would they have defended the Kurds? Had it been made clear to Turkey that this was not on, it would not be happening. Right. The Kurds right now have no air power, air cover. Uh, if America had told the Turks, look, there's no way, as Lindsey Graham and others are saying, we're going to betray the people that have been fighting and dying yeah. uh, to clear out ISIS. There are people. We have armed them to the degree they're armed. We're going to continue to back them all the way, and nobody's going to touch them. Nobody would touch them right. in the sense that neither the Syrian government, the Assad regime, remember, this isn't Syria. Right. And uh, the Kurds have this semi-autonomous area. They are administering a much larger area. This is the Rojavi. This is their their administrative autonomous unit, not quite declared as that, but they are actually governing and in very effective ways. They're collecting taxes and delivering services and very egalitarian 
and uh, some very positive ways of demonstrating how you can govern in Syria. They've been doing that. And uh, what we see now is America very clearly, despite what you hear them saying now, we did not give them a green light. Hmm. Yes, when you withdraw your cover from the people you've been protecting, it is a green light. How will this reasoning play with Americans? We pulled out the American troops to save their lives. Um, It might play well. Uh, Remember that Donald Trump said, I'm going to get us out of these endless and pointless wars. And there's very sophisticated analysis, people that I respect who point out that, remember, Obama didn't want to get involved there either. When it was time maybe to possibly get involved, he did what the Parliament in the United Kingdom did. They put it, to the, to the, put it back to the elected representatives in the, in the Parliament in the U.K., and then uh, later Obama did it in the U.S., saying, well, if Congress wants me to go ahead, I will, and Congress said, no way. So you can make the argument that what we are seeing is uh, a resumption of an American policy to not get drawn into ground wars. We have to make up eventually with Turkey. They're our NATO, NATO ally. They're the only ones, I'm, I'm following the argument of others now, they are the only ones, Turkey, that can actually do anything inside Syria to help stabilize it and to keep, remember, this is a Sunni country, and Iran is running rampage all across Syria. They're trying to settle in. They're trying to extend the, the Shia bloc, the, the area of influence uh, of Iran. The Turks are the only ones who can block it. So we better sacrifice, you know, some Kurds who are no longer useful to us. They've done their job. Yeah. Uh, so what needs to be done, and remember, uh, we just heard this from, from Trump saying he'll mediate. So the sophisticated argument goes that what's needed is indeed for America to work out a deal. Is it easier to mediate, though, when you got troops there as opposed to when there's a war going on? Well, I don't buy the argument. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I do. I accept the logic of the right. sophisticated argument from people I respect. Right. But what we see on the ground is not that. So what is we, this about getting troops out So, because part of a, a re-election campaign, or is this a favor to Turkey, Syria, and Russia? That's a really good question, and also perhaps to the Trump organization bank account. Uh, Erdogan uh, and Turkey have been good to the Trump organization. There's every reason to at least raise the question whether, once again, uh, the American president is putting his family's uh, interest ahead of the country, but that's uh, speculation. Uh, It can be put on the high level of, uh, well, we don't want our troops killed anymore there, so we're going to get them out of the way and bring them home and let all these people there work it all out. But remember, there's still ISIS. And yeah. to think that hmm. you can recreate a vacuum that ISIS won't fill, that's how, they, that's how ISIS emerged in the first place, was the vacuum from the collapse of yeah. the Arab state system created by the West in 1917, uh, ancient civilizations. Iraq is the cradle of civilization, remember? <laughs> we talked about the Tigris and Euphrates. But these were states that uh, had boundaries drawn from the, collect- from the end of the uh, Ottoman Empire. That's the Turkish Ottoman Empire. And their boundaries have also been uh, set for them in ways they don't like. So they lay claim actually to Mosul. They claim, they claim to the areas they're currently entering. So what we have is a situation of um, fractured states, collapsed states, states that can't really govern 
uh, that have been governed by, by autocrats and by oil wealth, and that whole system collapsed. Out of that came the Syrian debacle yeah. and the horrible situation of Assad and, and, and what Russia and Iran are doing there, and the even more horrible situation of the rise of ISIS, those demons, and we thought all that perhaps was put down through the great, great sacrifice of the Kurds. Mm-hmm. Remember also, uh, Scott, that we were in, we, Canada, are part of this coalition, part of the Let's Defeat ISIS coalition. We have people in Iraq. We've had soldiers, special ops, helping train uh, and work with closely the Peshmerga, the Iraqi um, Kurdish population. So we are not innocent bystanders here, mm. either. Elliot Tepper has been with us, Emeritus Professor of Political Science, Carleton University. Elliot, always a pleasure. Fascinating stuff. Thanks so much, and have a great holiday weekend. And to you, too, Scott. Thank you, Elliot. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML.